From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 15. Hey, 2P fam. What's good? So, you guys have been amazing. I mean, episode 14, the listens we've gotten, the, back, the feedback, it's been so, so amazing. I don't even know what's happening. Like, <laughs> our, first we, our first day listens were, like, equivalent to a whole week. Yeah. So, that's some real, that's some real ass stuff right there. Exactly. Thank you so much yeah, for that. That's really, really Thank great. Thank you so much. And before we forget, um, please don't forget that we're on Patreon as yes. well. So, please go check that out. We have a beautiful video out there. We explain everything. So, go check out Patreon. Even if it's just to be curious as to what we look, look exactly. like. <laughs> you get to see us in the flesh over yep. there. Don't be too alarmed. <laughs> well, we're cute, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are, we are, we are. So, I mean, no horror stories there. <laughs> okay, and with that, we're in the news. Do you want to yep. go first? Sure. Okay. okay. So... Now, technically, my in the news this week literally could qualify as a what the F, but Uh-oh. anyway, I know. All right. So, in the news, Ugandan men cause breast milk shortage. What? Yeah. So, the Minister of Health in Uganda, Sarah Opendi, and other health officials have issued uh, a statement asking men to stop competing with their children, their newborns, their babies Ooh. for breast milk. Now, it sounds like a joke. It does sound like a joke. Apparently, it's that serious. Okay. So, apparently, there was an uptick in women coming in um, for, like, postnatal checkups, complaining Mm -hmm. about inability to produce enough milk Mm -hmm. for their babies and also about nipple tenderness and rawness. And they're like, "Ah, how come all of a sudden, Mm. you know, within a certain area, all the women, like, so many more women seem to be coming in? Yeah. So, they did, like, a a small investigation into the issue to see if it was a matter of you know, malnutrition or something going on, only to find <laughs> that it's really their husbands are literally drinking the breast milk. So they're, 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 they're sucking it. That's why they're, and that's why they're getting nipple tenderness. So, why? For what? There's no carnation or so, ideal milk? Anyway, <laughs> this interviewer, this news um Journalists went mm-hmm. into the streets and started interviewing men, asking them, oh, are they aware that there's this, you know, low-key epidemic mm. of, <laughs> <laughs> so, of, you know, people, you know, men, grown men drinking breast milk and, like, starving their children in the process, mm-hmm. right? And so they interviewed a few people, and one of them stood He was like, oh, hmm, well, nobody wants to admit it, but he knows it's a thing. Why? And the men have been doing it, and they're ashamed to say, but he, he's not ashamed. He drinks the breast milk. Why? For what? For so, what, though? So they asked him, okay, but why? And he's like, well, everybody knows breast milk is nutritious, it's very good for you, and whatever. And so he, he's like, his job is very physical, and ah. he needs to be strong, and so he drinks the breast How? milk. The thing meant I for babies? Not believe it, no, and, so, and so they're like, "Okay, but what about your child?" Mm-hmm. And no comment on that one. What about, about to catch on you, which? And mm. he's like, "Well, I mean, it's." But it just goes back to the fact that the men think one the bre- and he's like, "Well, the, bre- <laughs> the breast uh-huh. is for the, the breast, breast is, is for mine. me." Yeah, <laughs> that's my wife. Her breast is mine. Exactly, exactly. I pay everything in the house, so if yes. there's breast milk to be drank, who, why shouldn't I? A drink part some? of somebody's body is yours. Like how? Mm. 
because he owns the woman. Oh. So anyway, that's my... It's absolutely it's, ridiculous. I mean, no. these are the issues we're still dealing with in 2018. You see, what I fear is that it's a, it, it will catch on. You know the way we like to copy the most useless thing? Before you hear it, <laughs> Ghanaian men are doing it, Nigerian men, and then before you know it, yeah, everybody's doing it. Because and then they're nutritious. like, oh, look at these backwards Africans drinking. <laughs> what is that? It's ridiculous. Come on, stop it. It's, you've got food, you've got teeth, you can get yes, proper I mean, food. You have so many milk. other options, though. You can eat contumere <laughs> if you think you need extra nutrients or whatever. Not Your baby. Milk. Come on. That's all they can eat. Come and on. if the wives were to say, okay, give me money for infamil too, they'll no. do it. So, <laughs> no, just, poor this kids. Is a, yeah, this, this is a what, we're definitely what the F kind of in the news. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, in, for my in the news, um, I was checking up an, an article on, on India, and they, they said in India, menstruating women are prevented from handling food and water and utensils and because women are believed to be polluted right, when they're during, on, that, yeah, yeah. during their, their period and some and sometimes they're sent to live in huts and in the story i was reading the girl was has, was actually forced to sit in the back of the classroom just mm. because she had a period to make matters worse they're not really sanitary bathroom facilities i learned that a lot of the ladies use like sand wood shavings all sorts of mm -hmm. things when they're on their period and I remember a story. When I was 13, this is like many, many eons ago. People. <laughs> Whatever. This was like five years ago. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 13, I realized that a lot of the girls in my class were having their period suddenly. So they'd get up, um, and then you see that they're... they're, they're oh, you mean of, like, accident, like they didn't know? They didn't know, know okay. yeah, the first periods. They didn't know, and then the boys would tease them so much. And my worst fear at the time was that I'd have my period, mm. near, like, in school. And um, the whole thing, the whole article just made me think that I don't know why there's still taboo around... Stigma. Yeah, and, yeah, taboo and stigma around menstruation. It's the, 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 the most normal thing that happens to a woman. And I just wish the conversations wouldn't be so, oh, you're on your period. Ew, don't talk to me about that. Especially a lot of the times, especially the guys. Why do you have to tell me you're on your period? But it's the most normal thing. It is. You know? And and the part of the bigger conversation really should be that people are missing school because of their periods, because of the pain, because they can't buy pads. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit worrying. I hear the trend is the same in Nepal. I think they call it chow padi, mm. where the girl is actually banished to a shed. And uh, investigation has found out that sometimes these girls are raped. They, 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 yeah, they're raped. They're susceptible to disease and all sorts of things. And then I also was reading further along, and I realized that some of this is also biblical. Apparently, yeah. in oh, Leviticus, yeah. Then, um, say, yeah. In the in Muslim culture too, if you, a woman on their periods mm. are considered so unclean, exactly. you can't come to exactly. mosque or in the old Judaism, you can't go to temple mm -hmm. when you're on your period because mm -hmm. you're. Dirty or something. And it's like, um, that's life. That's how your life gets created. That's part of the process. Exactly. Of, that's my God, my God status there. Deal. So Deal. And then, and then, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the main thing. Like, we should stop thinking administration is like, it's a dirty thing. It's, it's, it's taboo. It's stigma. Let's talk about it freely. So that people also don't have to be ashamed. A lot of the times, girls are ashamed to even like speak out on it because of the way they might be treated. You're on mm -hmm. your period. Oh, ah, you, you're, you're nasty. You're this. It's a normal part of life. So let's let's have that conversation. Now, my question mm. is, 
in Ghana, what is our attitude culturally towards menstruation? I know mm. now the issue is that girls stay home because they can't afford yeah, sanitary pads. Mm. pads. But in terms of attitudes towards menstruation, I'm not sure. I don't know. To be honest, I really don't know. I haven't I have really to look heard into that. anything. Mm. I hope we have a more normal... I don't know. I, do, I, I actually have to look into that. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's mine, the news. Let's remove the stigma and taboo around menstruating. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's a normal part of life. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we're moving into songs of the week, mm-hmm. and I have two songs, and my <laughs> my song of the week theme today is underrated contemporary R and B artists. Ooh, we got a theme. Now. Yes, I'm doing themes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so the first artist I'm going to talk about in the song is uh, Jasmine Sullivan. I love her. Yes. Oh, she's amazing. I love her. So Jasmine Sullivan is an R&B singer. She's, uh, you might have heard, she had a couple of hits um, earlier in her career, mm. um, Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, most people heard about Bus Windows. Mm-hmm. I bust the windows out your car. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, I know, let me hit you with a few vocals there. <laughs> and um, so she has three albums. The last one, which is called Reality Show, and the song I'm talking about, Brand New, is off that album. Mm, it came out album. in 2015. Mm. Now, in terms of three album runs, there are... I can't think of any artist. Like, we're heading into Mariah Carey mm. territory. And when I talk about three albums where the quality has just been that good... Mm. All three of her albums are spectacular. Yeah, you can listen to from the beginning to end. And She's really good. She has this unique ability to weave a story in a song. It reminds me of old school Neil. You know how Neil mm. could just connect, like, yeah. you just felt what he was saying. Very simple, not necessarily complicated, but very simple, simple but yeah. extremely relatable. She has that ability like her songs are amazing she's talented yes very and this extreme. song brand new is about how you're in a relationship with somebody and they get popular mm. and suddenly it's like oh okay well you're just gonna leave me now mm. and it's just <laughs> like if you're a woman and you press play on that album you're just gonna be like yes yes jasmine <laughs> you get it you know so mm. check it out it's a beautiful song brand new and listen, actually, to be honest, listen to a reality show. Listen yeah, the whole album. Yeah, second good. album. Listen to the first, listen to all the music, please. Mm. Okay. So my second artist, or oh, well, it's a group um, this week that I'm going to talk about um, a song of theirs. They're called Division, mm-hmm. and they're a Canadian um, du- R&B duo um, made up of Daniel Daly and a producer called 1985, mm-hmm. and they're signed to OVO Sound. So it's one of the Canadian, you know, that's one of Drake's people. Right. <laughs> now, Drake has a good ear, I must admit. Now, I will say that maybe a lot of his music and his artists have a similar, but that's why it's called OVO Sound. That's that Canada, that's that Toronto, that dark, somewhat electro R&B feel. So Division um, are sort of within that trend. Uh, they have, they're on their second album now, actually, but this is off their first album called September 5th. And the song is called Do It Well, and it's just sexy, man. Like, beautiful, sexy, like, R&B in the way that they don't do it anymore, and I wish they would do more of. So please support, go listen. So Jasmine Sullivan, brand new, and Division, Do It Well. So oh, my. <laughs> so I also have two songs today. <clears throat> The first one is by a beautiful lady called Jessica Reedy. 
Uh, she's uh, American and she sings gospel. And the song is called Something Out of Nothing. It's inspirational, it's soothing, and the video is even better. So if you've ever watched Sunday Best, it's sort of a, like a, a singing competition. Mm -hmm, for, mm -hmm, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think she was the runner-up or something. Oh, I see. And I first heard of her, I think, 2010. Her whole album is also very, very good. I don't remember the title. But if you can, go check out Something Out of Nothing. It's a really, really good song. And she's got this really nice voice. Oh, if she was on Sunday Best, that means she can sing. Yeah, It's not no, just like sing. Sang. She's, 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 she's just amazing. So go check out Jessica Reedy, Something Out of Nothing. The second artist I have for you is called Darondo, and the song is called Didn't I. Now, I went and read up a bit about this guy. Mm -hmm. I got to know about this song from my sister, actually. She said, oh, go listen to this guy called, this weird guy called Darondo, and the song was Didn't I. So I went to read up, up on him, and he's done almost everything. He's trained, he trained as an electrician, he used to be a pimp. He a pimp? Yeah, <laughs> he opened for James Brown at some point. Oh, so he's old. Yeah, he's old. He's really, really, really old. Open for James Brown, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he studied physical therapy. He hosted some local um, talent show. And yeah, so that is Darondo for you in a nutshell. He's a man of many, 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 <laughs> many talents. Go check out Didn't I? The album is called Let My People Go, and the artist's name is Darondo. So, what is the genre of music? Or it's like this, I would say, this is sort of a Hmm, R&B, I would Ish. say, because I'm not sure that I've listened to that whole album. Mm -hmm. But this, I, I would say R&B. I would okay. say R&B. Cool. Okay. So go, let's check out the Rondo, okay. <laughs> and that's my um, some songs of the week. Okay. <laughs> so moving straight into what the f. Mm -hmm. We are back in GH, uh -uh. where I came across this headline. It was, I think, it was on the Guardian or Telegraph, actually, mm -hmm. about world global consumption rates of cocaine. Oh. And so I clicked on it. I don't know why, really, but I was just curious. <laughs> and I saw that Ghana has is number fourteen on the list of countries with the highest consumption of cocaine. I'm not surprised. And. I, I was. I was mm. absolutely stunned. I mean, I just... And these stats came from the UN Office of Drugs and Crime. So it's not just some fly-by-night statistics. Okay. So I was like, okay. I mean, I know that when it comes to weed, I think mm. we're number two in the world. Oh. Okay. Like, we love our weed here. But cocaine? I was just mm. like, wait. First of all, we don't grow coca plant here. Mm. We don't it in here process somehow. it. And it's expensive. So where are we getting the time to, like... And the money to be mm. snorting up all this white girl. And, like, and, and generally, I think people are snorting and sniffing and ingesting so many things, things here. Like the tramadol, oh, the Percocet. When I hear the stories. Because they're not hard to get. You just send your small brother. I'm like, please, my mommy said to come in. But it'll be the most restricted thing. In the, and they'll give it to you. They're like, mm, mm. where's your prescription? Oh, I left it. Okay, if you can take it next time. When mm. you come... And then he's just there crushing it, and then he'll go and snort it up his nose. But how is it getting into the country, then? It's so, okay. mm -hmm. yeah. so um, I heard years ago that mm. Ghana had become a transit hub wow. for cocaine. Like, they bring it from... Because so, now, you know, they're being watched, so they don't transport mm. it directly. So now they transport it to, like, the West African coast, and then switch oh. the containers and all that. So oh. it looks like the port of origin is Ghana, mm. and they're less likely to be searching for cocaine and things right, like that. Right, right, right. And now I'm just like, okay, this must be true, because they must be offloading some 
in, in and it would be in Tema too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Offloading yeah. some in Tema and distributing it because people should not be able to afford grams of coke. Okay, like that, yeah. You know. Insanity. So anyway, I was so unconvinced. I was just like, I don't understand. So I actually went to look at the survey methodology mm. for, um, you know, <laughs> and it said, you know, the survey questions were both school and household survey. Ooh. And some of the questions, and they compiled questionnaire and data um, related to drug arrests. Right. And on the questionnaire, some of the questions were, have you, one, ever used cocaine? Mm. And two, have you ever used cocaine within the last 12 months? Right. And still, it's What's, like bunch of yeses, I guess. So I'm like, wow. That's worrying. The fact that it's coming into the country like that, people are, and and we're, people are using number it. fourteen. That's that's that, that's so serious. So I so I had posted this on my Facebook, and one of my friends who mm. is the admin in a hospital, Kofi, mm-hmm. he was oh, like, yeah. he's had a patient come in with crack lung from well, crack is you know cocaine, mm. but then in the like C- the crystal, impu- the crystals, mm. not the pure powder right. form. And so she's been smoking. She sprinkled it on her weed and is smoking it. And now she has crack lung. Is that bad? And she's a hairdresser. So I'm like, so it's become that regular, normalized, not normalized, but it's not even like out of the ordinary anymore. Listen, there are a lot of things going on in this country. So I said, look, we're still talking about gutters and things like that. And And we have problems coming on the horizon that we're not even close to being ready for. Even this tramadol thing, all they do is the best they've done is make a song say no to tramadol. <laughs> is that going to solve the issue? Oh my god, I really, I'm so concerned for this country, man. There's always something, isn't hmm. it? It's, it's always something. So anyway, yeah, we're cokeheads. That's my what the <laughs> We're all cokeheads, apparently. Okay, so on to my what the f. So the kids are back in school. I mean, parents are relieved, excited. They're they're overwhelmed with emotion. But the one thing that they're certainly not expecting is this. You turn up to the, your to your ward school and there's a back to school activity only for you to be met with a to met to be met with a woman in a pole. Huh? Yeah, yeah, uh. I so like there's a, a stripper. Pole, yeah, a pole dancer. So the woman is there and she's like she's yeah, doing her thing on the pole. And this happened in, school. in a school in China. So <laughs> and she started to perform. <laughs> So bizarre. So, and there was a video. That's even the worst thing. It's so bizarre. So a parent has suspected that the principal had been paid to put up the adverts. So apparently the adverts had been out there for a while. And when the, and when the back to school, when the back to school activity, like when they got there, yeah. So the girl, the woman started uh, performing. There's, there's the, and like I said, there's actually a video on there. And um, when the parent's wife complained to the principal about this, she I'm so confused. So how, where girl, the kids were all in class? They like, were at what? the back there. They were at the back. The, the woman was on stage and she was performing. To who? To the kids. It's, it's, a, back, it's a back to school activity. <laughs> so when the parent's wife complained to the, to the principal, she said, and I quote, it's international and it's exercise. So that's that's, ah, that's the point. So but no, like exercise. the waist, the woman was what there was on she the wearing? Po- she was wearing like, like a, a crop top and I think little shorts. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> that there's no way that's a back to school activity. I find it actually very highly inappropriate. And I think How parents are these had, kids, man. So fact, I saw there's two no boys age, and I they were giggling. I think that I saw two boys and the one he had had his arm over the shoulder of one, and I think they found it funny. They probably yeah, didn't they probably realize what. what was going on. <laughs> 
You know, and I, I think it's highly inappropriate. Our kids are already been exposed Obviously. to things they shouldn't be. Why are you inviting to, you know? to come and perform it's at just, school? I'm sure they got money for it. Gee. And pole dancing, come on, it's not, it's not, it's not kiddie activity. And I think that the only kind of pose that children should be playing on is the one you see on the playgrounds, those <laughs> kinds of poles. And that's my what the F. China, oh my don't God. do that. I, exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Sending your kids to school. I would then... draw my child from that yeah, school. Yeah, I think people are going to do that. It's just so. Because especially if the headmistress had nothing sensible to say no. about it. She's like, she said interna and international. And then she hung up. <laughs> Yeah, so that's more what the F. Hmm. Pole dancing as a back to school activity. activity. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Okay, so. <laughs> for my two passwords this week, it is entitled The Veils of Maya. Now, I don't Ooh. know why I went and got all mm. deep and oh. stuff, but oh. here we go, if I can even remember this. <laughs> all right. So Maya... Uh, literally translates as illusion or magic trick or deception and mm -hmm. it is a Indian concept right. that appears in Vedic texts. Now Vedic, the Vedic texts are the ancient um, Indian texts that went on to influence Hinduism and right. Buddhist philosophy. So it's their holy texts, right? Okay. So in there, Maya is a principle or power that prevents you mm -hmm. from seeing the true nature of things. Mm -hmm. It distorts your reality. So a Maya, is, that's why it's called a veil. It covers your face right. and you can see, but you can't see as well as yes, you should. Mm -hmm. All right. So later on, and we're talking about in the 1960s, there's a Hungarian um, professor of psychology called Dr. Mihaly Csikszent Mihaly mm -hmm. wrote a book um, called Flow, mm -hmm. and he adopted the concept of Maya and developed three veils of Maya okay. that he said you need to be aware of mm -hmm. in order to unburden yourself, in order to understand the world, and in order to see reality for what it is, you need to be aware of these veils of Maya which obscure your vision. Yeah. And that's the only way that you can pull the veil off your face if you know it's there mm -hmm. in the first place. So I'm going to go through the three veils of Maya okay. that you need to be aware of and so you can pull them from your eyes. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> so the first veil of Maya is your genes, genetics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Genetics or DNA, genetics, uh, genetic information is the information coded and passed down by your ancestors, which is in your is coded in your DNA. Okay, mm -hmm. so beyond things like having good skin or having you know bad eyesight because your dad had bad eyesight, things like that, the your genetics can also influence your processes and how you react to information. Right. For example, your ability to control anger mm -hmm. or to process your emotions properly can mm -hmm. also be attributed to your genetics, mm -hmm. right? Now, most rec like recent scientific study has proven that hereditary trauma is real. Right. Like if your ancestors experience trauma, it passes down in your DNA. Oh, wow. Like they don't okay. even, it's not even a question. They pretty much concluded it's true. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were saying if you feel things like nonspecific anxiety or depression, mm. think you don't know why you're always, it could be actually your, her your inherited 
emotions from trauma no. experienced by a grandparent or a great okay. grandparent okay. Okay. and that in present will influence how you react to, to things, certain things you know? yeah and it's we all know why are you scared of spiders you're scared mm. of spiders because your ancestors were scared of spiders right. you don't need to be scared of spiders anymore but you are anyway the mm. spider can't do anything to i'm you, terrified right? of spiders by the way <gasps> me too that's why i said spiders oh, i can't no, i can't no, no, no. or a lizard because a it might anything oh, like that oh, oh. So, you need to be aware that your genes can be a veil and obscuring your reality, obscuring your decision-making processes, obscuring your reactions to mm. people. And you need to take that into account anytime so you can self-reflect and analyze. Mm. And also, he said that your genes, your genetic veil, can make bodily desires seem more important than they are. So if you eat too much or you're addicted to sex or mm. things like that, it's because your genes are telling you that food is the most important. Well, like, do anything for, for some food yeah, or for yeah, sex. Yeah. And that is like a residual survival instinct that is no longer needed today, but we hang on to those things anyway. So right. that's the first veil. Right, right. Learning this new things. Challenge, eh? this it, was so this it was so dip. This is real. Now, the second veil of Maya is culture. Now, culture are, in, in the sense of traditions that we carry out as people, mm. like, you know, ethnocentric groups, but also religion. Right. Religion falls under culture, right? And he's saying that ethnocentrism can make us believe that the way we do things culturally is inherently the best way and the only, only way. way. Mm. And I don't think I have to go into too much yeah. detail about how this is so common mm. and causes so much conflict. Because yeah. people will just be like, well, this is how I, I, we do it here. So yeah. I don't, we don't need to listen to what... Any you, other, yeah. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah absolutely. And you don't even ask yourself, well, okay, is this the only way we can do this? Is this the best way to do this? No, because that's how it's been we, done. Yeah. So Whenever finished, it changes, you know. Yeah. So it prevents you from learning from others and also influences your viewpoint clearly. Mm. And I can, you can even extend this to, for example, when Copernicus in the ancient times drew a map of the solar system and put the earth at the center mm -hmm. and had the planets and the sun revolving mm -hmm. around it. Mm -hmm. Because his culture tells him that his the humans are the center oh, of all things right. you know and he was dead wrong yeah. and they burnt is it galileo or whoever at stake because he actually had the nerve to say that the sun was the center and mm. the earth revolves around the sun rather you know mm. and now we have people saying the earth is flat, flat. But that's something for a different day <laughs> right so your cultural viewpoint your veil of culture can prevent you from seeing reality for what it is. Mm. And another example that I thought was quite interesting was how um, even today, a lot of people will tell you that the globe that you can buy or global maps and everything mm. are all wrong. Wrong, yeah, the sizes and all that. Because the yeah. sizes are mm. completely distorted yep. because Africa is always smaller, yeah. much, much smaller, or in, in relation, U.S. or Europe are bigger mm. on those maps mm -hmm, than they mm -hmm. actually are in real life. Mm. So yeah. it obscures your, it makes you feel like Africa is not even as as, big as, it as enormous is. as mm. it is. And of course, we've always had a problem relating internationally because everyone wants to underplay us. People yeah. don't even want to accept that we have countries, for goodness you sake. They can't even Africa. bother yeah. to, you know, much less accept that we are huge in terms of continental size and therefore demand respect mm. and as, you know, a diverse culture and, you know, enormous 
traditions and absolutely languages and rich heritage here so things like that so two cultural veil can obscure your reality yeah. and the last one the third veil of maya is the self the ego mm. right self-centeredness <laughs> is one of is a big one <laughs> no, right yeah. So this one is the veil of self-interest, and it motivates you to protect your ego at all times, to right. put yourself first in all situations, to, to prioritize your feelings mm. above others, mm -hmm. right? Now, and he argues that at one point, you know, in the history of the evolution of man, mm. it was very important, because otherwise you'd die, yeah, right? Yeah, you'd survive, yeah. You would literally mm. not survive mm. if you didn't put yourself first yep. in most scenarios, especially when there was danger and stuff. Right. But of course, in today's contemporary society, a lot of that is no longer necessary. Mm -hmm. Your life is not really at risk if you allow somebody to go first. You get me? True, so, true, no, true, you're right. You're but right. we still hang on to... It's like deeply ingrained in everything we are, and you're taught from young age to mm. it's about your feelings. Yeah. It's difficult to you, change that, and about, it's yeah. very difficult. Mm, mm. So, but he says, in order to again see reality for what, and he's even talked about how things like you know our drive for money, mm. how we've become so you know superficial. How, you know, we've told ourselves that beauty is an important commodity. Mm. All that is related to the ego and self-centeredness and everything. And so, yeah, in a nutshell, these three <laughs> veils of Maya are obscuring our reality, are, are distorting our perceptions of others and the world around us. And we need to be more aware of them and go start the gradual process of mm. pulling the veil off our faces. Oh, that's beautiful. And that's my two that is, that is amazing. Week. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> so my two press is how many versions of you are there? Oh, okay. Okay. So I personally, I struggle with people who have so many personas that you begin to baffle as to who they really are. <laughs> and I mean, it must get tiring. Today you are adjoint number four. Yesterday you were adjoint number three. And I'm not even talking about dissociative identity disorder. And I'm not even talking about work where you have to adapt because, you know, there are certain rules you have to follow. You might want to cast out a client, mm, but you're like, you know, you know what? This is a work environment, so I'm not going to do that. And this is also not about adapting and growing as a person because, you know, that's, you change, that's, yeah, right? that's just life. What I mean is deliberate conception of different personalities just to suit your target audience, right? Is this inspired by Twitter? Uh, no. Because you know people be faking themselves <laughs> on Twitter all the time. And then people be like, we know you. We, we saw, this morning you were something. something. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> so stop not. it. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, I mean, you might call it smart in a way of, you know, I'm trying to... Uh, trying to be good on, on all, with all, well, in good terms with all kinds of people. But I just think it's, it's, a, it's a cheap way to get people to like you. Mm -hmm. So, my two questions for you today. If I met three of your friends, best friends today, separately, would they give me an account of you that's, quite like, that's, that's, that's the same? Accurate. That's accurate, accurate and the same. Um... Are you the type to like? Are you the type to do like, pedal lies or you do photo ops to look good on the outside? We all know a couple of people who do that. Or are you two faced or many faced, and you twist the truth? O'Shea Game of Thrones, many faced God. <laughs> many, exactly, <laughs> and twist the truth to sit, to suit your situations, so that you are telling all nine different parties half, their, yeah, like, exactly, partial truth, exactly, just to suit you, you, 
to suit your situation. Or are you emotionally manipulative and abusive, but mm, somehow you're a really nice guy? So my thing is just be true to yourself. Be an authentic version of yourself, obviously with certain nuances, because you risk losing who you are trying to be the trillion people you're trying to be. Mm. So that's my two questions for you. Be, be, yeah, be, be yourself. Come on. I don't even understand where people find the energy to be doing. How? Like, How? You're like, they have separate groups of friends you know? and they have to put on a face exactly. for each one. I do know people like that. Yeah, that's what I'm... There are Some people of the out there like that. Some the then they oh. have the club persona, then they have it's, the... It's not right. It's, doesn't it... Don't you get confused yourself? And yeah, like, today, who am I? But, like, yeah. <laughs> So for me, for people like that, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 it's worrying. So don't, don't be like that. Just be yourself. Come on. There's just one thing. Someone's going to love it. <laughs> exactly. You know? love it. And who are you trying to please anyway? Exactly. You know, it's just, this life is too short for that. Anyway, right, we've any come to the, the end. end yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't have... Ch- what is wrong with me? Today, I, I do have a shout out. Uh-oh, Hello, Kwesi Kwakwa. He's my hey, very I good friend. I don't know this person. I'm sure you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Shout out to you, because I hope you're well. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, I'm going to shout out. Who am I going to shout out? Just everybody. Like, <laughs> if you listen to um, our episode 14, Charlie, big up on yeah, okay, you Okay, that was guys, epic. You, well. you guys mm. really came through with the numbers. Thank you very much. So keep listening, keep sharing, and all that good yeah. stuff. And uh, check out the Patreon again. Yes, don't forget. And don't forget, if you want to, if you have a product or something, an activity or an event or something like that, that you feel like our listeners being as sophisticated and classy <laughs> as they are might be interested in it don't let us know message yeah. us or yeah, anything you want actually you guys don't mind us really like you, yeah you, you come, like you listen but you don't you listen and on, then you send engage. me like a whatsapp message be like oh i really liked it come at me on twitter exactly. let's go man you come let, let the whole world know how you're feeling about <laughs> us come on <laughs> all right all thank right. you again and we'll see you see next, you next week. week bye, bye. If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description.